jump into what happened to the secret stash show like i mean can we can we kick off with that we have a guest today right yes who do we have today it's a veteran wrestler dr jeff luxon he's a co-holder of the glcw tag team championship champions with ryan cross awesome so he's on today and we're gonna also talk about what happened this weekend at wrestlemania with him but why don't we dive in first with the thing that you went out and and sponsored we had Windy City Slam was a sponsor, so tell me all about it. Yeah, uh, Freelance Wrestling, Freelance Underground presented Chicago Secret Stash. It, it premiered live on um, IWTV Live on Friday, and it's also available there on demand. Great, great show. I won't get into any spoilers. Because you might still be able to watch it. Yes, if right. you haven't watched it yet, I don't want to spoil it for people. Great show, though, fun show, a lot of veteran talent, a lot of young up-and-coming talent. They really, really wanted to kind of spotlight that younger talent. Uh, two uh, kind of veterans of the company, GPA, Laney Luck, um, domestic partners, but they had a very fun match. Uh, check that out. See how that turned out. Uh, main event was Robert Ego Anthony with his manager, Frank the Clown. Very strong match with Storm Grayson. Storm Grayson's a guy is really, really coming on. Uh, Angel Escalera was a guy coming out of this show that a lot of people are going to start knowing and figuring out this kid is good. He's got some tremendous, tremendous upside. The tag team match, I really enjoy personally. Marche Rocket as a jazz, two veteran guys against two younger guys and Darius Luttrell and Coda Hernandez. A lot of fun there. Check out that tag match. And poor Trevor Alla had a little bit of a rough day at the oh, office. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. What happened to um, him? Didn't, didn't fare so well. Won't spoil the result, although I probably oh, kind of did. Oh, he's but... such a sweetheart, though. He's my favorite. Uh, he's just being a derelict again. I, although he still showed, I think, um, that he's going to be one of the best heels in the area with his performance. I mean, he's, he's just really good in that area of his game. Yeah, he's good annoying people. He's really good at it. <laughs> That's what heels are supposed to People do. People don't like him. Yeah, that's Shocking. What, that's what heels are supposed to do. Right. Uh, money, money, money. And then um, that was that show. Check it out. IWTV.live. Um, Chicago Secret Stash under the Freelance Underground tab. Check it out. Two hours of a lot of fun. Uh, this weekend, real quick, before we get to our guest, Dr. Jeff Luxon, Windy City Slam, uh, namely myself, will be covering the event Chicago Style Wrestling's Inglorious Bastards. And this is at the American Legion in Franklin Park. And the main event of that uh, show, I believe it's the main event, is one of the big matches. Filth King Nick Brubaker, the CSW champion, will be taking on the challenge of the mercenary Garrison Creed. That was all set up in last month's show when they had it at Berwyn Eagles Club. Also, we have the CSW Tag Team Champions, the Bruise Brothers, that's Steve Boss and TJ Steele. They're taking on CNC Destruction. Plus, a match I'm really looking forward to. Sounds like a fun match. Mixed Tag Team Action, Sky Blue and Mateo Valentine. Now, Sky Blue is the CSW Women's Champion, by the way. So, Sky Blue, Mateo Valentine against Heather Reckless and Ryan Matthews. Should be a really, really fun and um, entertaining match there. And then Marche Rocket will be having a one-on-one match with the stiff robo-ginger, Gary J. Wait, what is he called? He's called the stiff robo-ginger. 
So he's a robot and a ginger? <laughs> like, I'm trying to figure out that name. What right. does that name mean? He's, he's, he's a hard-hitting wrestler. He's a redhead. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's basically And Robo? Nickname. Yeah, Robo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great nickname. Is it? Yeah. So all day against stiff Robo Ginger should be a fun match. Plus, Vic Capri, Acid Jazz have also been advertised. So stacked lineup. If you don't have your tickets yet, check out Chicago Style Wrestling's Facebook page. They'll hook you up there. So check that out this weekend. And you might even run into me covering the show and taking pictures. Durbin's of Evergreen Park at 102nd and Kedzie is rolling these days, folks. You've heard about the updates, the upgrades, the great menu, the beers on tap, a chance for neighbors and friends to get together and have a beer and some good food. Now, Wednesday and Saturday nights, they're adding back karaoke. That's right. Come on out and prove that you've got the voice, the talent, the nerve. 9.30 p.m. every Wednesday and Saturday night. Friday nights, a DJ now in-house, starting at 10 p.m. And for the afternoon crowd, break up a busy week. Go have some lunch starting at noon. Bingo, each and every Wednesday. Durbin's is open, and they're looking to welcome you back. Dine in, carry out, contactless delivery, eat well, and have an ice cold beer with your neighbors. Come check out the newly improved Durbin's of Evergreen Park at 10240 South Kedzie Avenue, or visit them today at durbinspizza.com. So WrestleMania, of course, this past weekend, two nights, the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, and Mike brought us a special guest. First time ever on the show, Dr. Jeff Luxon. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me here. Finally happened. I'm on the show, the big post-WrestleMania show. Yeah, we're so glad to have you on. It's uh, a lot better than the last time we had a big post-show. Like, what was it, Royal Rumble? We brought on Trevor Outlaw, and that was a disaster. <laughs> An absolute disaster. I would expect you to be a thousand times better, sir. Uh, what were your impressions of the weekend? You know what? I uh, I thought it was a great, great show uh, both nights. Um, I, I kind of went into it really underwhelmed with the build-up to WrestleMania, but I think as the WrestleMania spectacular, it delivered. You know, a lot of people complained early on about the idea that you get a, a big championship match, you get you know, the, the Drew McIntyre match right at the beginning. Do you think that was because of the rain delay or they just wanted to start off with a bang? I actually think for a different reason. I think it was, uh, you know, we saw Drew McIntyre win the WWE Championship, you know, yesterday at our last year in unprecedented terms with the pandemic beginning. And he was the, you know, the, the champion of uh, at the end of WrestleMania, never heard a single cheer. So to, to get that ovation, the very first, you know, kind of live, Ovation from the crowd, I think, was kind of due to Drew McIntyre. Uh, so I think this is their way to kind of, you know, give that to him. He got to, you know, get that first reaction from the crowd. That's how I saw it. Great point, Jeff. I, I really agree with you there. I, I was telling Chris earlier, maybe it was because they wanted the feel-good moment with Bianca in the main event on the first night. But that's an absolutely great point about getting the first pop from the audience. Drew coming out first. Good take, Jeff. So uh, what else for you stood out Um in terms of uh, the action over the last two days on WrestleMania? Well, uh, night one, I thought that, that WWE championship match with Drew uh, McIntyre and Bobby Lashley, I thought that was great. Uh, that was just kind of was a throwback to just, you know, the championship matches I remember as a kid. Um, didn't know which way it was going to go. Uh, I was excited to see Bobby Lashley win because I think that we'll, maybe we'll get Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam mm -hmm. against Bobby Lashley. Two hosses, uh, two guys that dabble in MMA. That would be awesome, yes. 
Yeah, and it's, I mean, I feel like that's a match that just they've never they've never crossed paths, so it's just it's the whole fresh territory to see uh, see those two meet. So, uh, was there anything that disappointed you? Like, I personally thought that it was weird to see the whole thing with the Fiend and Randy Orton and the Alexa Bliss ending, because to me it seemed like they were just continuing a storyline with the Fiend, and the match was almost secondary because of the way that the thing ended. And that's rare for a WrestleMania match. So to me, that was a bit of a letdown. Was was that a letdown for you? And did anything else stick out that you were like, I didn't like that execution? Uh, you know what? I I actually I I saw uh, it a little different again. I think that uh, that whole story is just it, it offers something different to you know a different segment of the crowd. Um, for instance, I, I watched WrestleMania with my kids. And all the, my, my daughter, my son, and my nephew and niece, they're the most interested in the fiend and what, what, what Alexa bliss is going to do, what the fiend's going to do, what Randy Orton's going to do. I don't think it's you know kind of fair to put it on the level of like Cesaro and Seth Rollins of what to expect in the ring. But, uh, I think it just offers something different, just like bad bunny offers something different. Oh, that was Here's terrible. Like, though. Anytime, uh, anytime you have a former <laughs> champion who just recently won a championship and held it and he gets beat by Bad Bunny or some celebrity. I, that that drives me nuts, Jeff. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've I've never been a fan of that because I know I know what it takes to be in wrestling and the hard work and uh, just having somebody kind of uh, you know make it look so simple and so easy and put the wrestler in their place. It kind of uh, you know just leaves a bad taste for us hardcore fans that have you know stood in you know stood by these wrestlers all all these years, defended wrestling and uh, yeah. I mean, it's one thing when you see like Mr. T or Lawrence Taylor, somebody who kind of you know, it seems like they can back up what they say, but when it's just a non-athlete off the street, you know, it's pretty insulting to the wrestling fans. I do see that he did, he did put in the time to, you know, he took it serious and he wanted, you know, he, I think he's a big wrestling fan himself and he wanted to show that, you know, he took this opportunity serious. I, I kind of feel like Shaquille O'Neal didn't a few weeks back. I think Bad Bunny took a different approach, but just, just the overall presentation to the general public, it's, you know, it, it hurts wrestling's feelings, I think. Let's talk a little bit about the main event on night two. Roman Reigns retaining the Universal Championship. He defeats both Edge and Daniel Bryan. The funny thing is Chris and I last week were just talking about who we thought might win the match. We were both wrong. Yeah, we were both wrong. And Roman Reigns ends up pinning both of them. So, uh, Jeff, what's your take on that match? Oh, it was great. That was a great main event. Um, I think... I, I don't know how you reacted when you saw Roman Reigns stack Edge and Daniel Bryan and double pin them in a dominant fashion. I think it made a statement. I think uh, Roman Reigns, I mean, he's he's going to be the the Ric Flair, the Harley Race, the King of the Hill, you know, for some time now. I, I would love, I'd love to see him come next WrestleMania still on the same title run and, uh, you know, face a challenger that's been built over, over this next year, you know, whether it be a, a big E or somebody else, you know, take him on next year and just Cesaro. take the big dog up. Yeah, Cesaro. That would actually be a really, really cool storyline to see somebody actually hold a title. And on a tangent, a guy like Walter from NXT UK holding that title for two years. And tr- believe it or not, it's the longest reign of any WWE champion of any type under their umbrella since that long Hogan reign from 84 to 88. So that's impressive in and of itself. But yeah, to see a long championship reign, if Roman could pull this off, I think that would be really, really cool. I, I think he could. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, he's found, he's found his, his spot. You know, it's it's the top heel. Um, you know, he was rejected as the, uh, you know, the shaking hands, smiling baby face. And, and that wasn't him. 
I mean, that, and it's not fair to judge him on that. I mean, that, he was just doing what he's told. Uh, but this, this, the head of the table, the big dog, Paul Heyman, I mean, this, this is his calling. This is, this is his role. So, I mean, this, it's just getting started. There's no reason this can't go on a couple more years. A top guy doesn't have to be a babyface, and this proves that. And, you know, instead of force-feeding Roman Reigns as a babyface, making him to a, a character that may be more true to himself or just true, you know, a better, just a better story, I think, I think having him as heel, much, much better for WWE. How about some of the women's action? Now, what was your take on uh, um, Bianca Belair beating Sasha Banks and Rhea Ripley uh, defeating Asuka to win those championships? Um, I mean, the night one main event with uh, Sasha Banks and Belair, uh, Bianca Belair, that was a great match. Uh, I, being just such a just such a fan of traditional wrestling, watching Sasha Banks kind of go from being the confident champion and turning into that heel, you know, pulling on the braid and and using that braid as a weapon for it at the very end to come back and get her with that that whiplash that we all saw, like you know, open her up on the side. I mean, that was just it was just great storytelling. Um, the emotion when Bianca won the title, I mean, we saw it in the crowd, we saw it in her family, we saw it on her face. I mean, that was a great, great, you know, like we said, the feel good moment of WrestleMania night one. Um, that was a great match. Uh, Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. That was kind of more like the dream match. You know, Asuka has been down was the NXT dominant champion for years. Rhea Ripley has been the, uh, the face of NXT recently. And, uh, to see those two meet, I, I think, uh, I think this is just match one. I think we'll see a few more with these two together, and I think they're only going to get better the matchups between these two. So when you look back at the uh, 14 matches over the, uh, the two days of WrestleMania, or even the matches for WrestleMania SmackDown, when they had a couple of matches that were WrestleMania caliber on that show, what one match stood out as your favorite? Um, the first match I think of would have to be the, the, the opener. I think there was a lot of emotion in that opener, with, uh, night one with Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre. Um, I mean, that's, that was the first match with the crowd in over a year. Uh, Vince McMahon and the, 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 in, the introduction, I know there was that rain delay in between, but the introduction of WrestleMania with the whole roster behind him. I mean, say what you will about Vince McMahon, but I, I felt that, that look on his face, the smile, it was genuine. I mean, he has all the money in the world. It ain't about the money at this point of having ticket sales. It was, it was, they were doing what they do for the people, and I think everybody on the roster felt that energy of the crowd because I, I not just to sound positive about everything i think everybody went out there and brought their a game every match every person came out there and they did their best there's really nothing to complain about i mean i know people are saying about the girls tag team turmoil match but i think in fairness it's just knowing what i know about the production side of wrestling that rain delay was what 40 minutes i guarantee you that match was cut short and what was supposed to happen they were trying to adapt to on the fly and that's that's no fault of their own again so i i really think the whole show from top to bottom both nights delivered i actually liked the show being broken up into two nights eight hours was a long time to sit there and watch wrestling but two four-hour nights i mean that, that was manageable that's yeah. that's a question that i'm, I'm kind of curious about do you think that in the future wwe does this every year with wrestlemania now because of the fact that they had to adjust due to everything with the pandemic did they find a new formula or would you like to see it be an all day affair? Like kind of like when the Super Bowl happens and, you know, a lot of people start their parties at noon and the game doesn't start for six hours and you're basically sitting around eating uh, food and partying with your friends all day long. Like which way do you think they go in the future? Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of a lot of events like uh, what they call them, like the, those tent pole events, like the Royal Rumble Survivor Series SummerSlam that 
you know, you get a you get a whole day's worth of like, you know, top action and you know, you can have your buddies come over, you can go to a party, you can be at a bar and watch that event. I mean, make WrestleMania unique by having it be whether it be the week like they kind of stretched it out or a weekend. And I mean, there's I don't think there's any reason they couldn't sell just as many tickets for two nights as they do one. I mean, they, the, the, those shows have so much star power usually or so many main events that it could be broken up in two nights. And, and it's different nowadays that WrestleMania isn't sold upon like the whole Kogan versus Andre the Giant match. It's sold upon that it's WrestleMania. So you could make it two nights opposed to like, well, I don't get the Andre match or whatever. Yeah, very good take. Uh, now let's get a little bit into your career. Um, Chicago area guy, work a lot of Southeast Wisconsin as well. Long time partner and, and friend, Ryan Cross, you guys are the GLCW Tag Team Champions as the Express, and you guys go way back, you and Ryan. How far back do you guys go? Well, it's, it's an interesting story there. Uh, it's We're going on 10 years of uh, kind of a, a chance meeting, a chance conversation, and kind of like a thrown out their idea to become a tag team. I mean, none of that was, you know, none of that was, you know, figured out to be. I mean, at the point when him and I were talking, I had planned on never wrestling again, um, which not many people know. Um, before I had met Ryan Cross, I was in Tampa, Florida. Uh, I didn't have a contract, but I was wrestling for FCW. Um, I was in all their classes with Dr. Tom Pritchard, Steve Kern, Norm Smiley, Dusty Rhodes. I was there. I was there at every event for about 14 months. Um, I was wrestling all the contracted guys from Bray Wyatt, Seth Rollins. I was wrestling all those guys. Um, and I, I was accepted by everybody and I was told just keep hanging in there. You're going to get a contract, keep hanging in there. And then came, um, a final meeting with, uh, some of John Laurinaitis, John Laurinaitis and his representatives. And I was talking to the, 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 you know, the the men he had talking to me about why they weren't going to give me a contract. And this is a different, you got to go back to 2011 this was a different wwe they were not hiring independent guys they they told me we have the two best independent wrestlers under contract cm punk and daniel bryan cm punk is a commentator at this point not not the uh pipe bomb cm punk and daniel bryan was lost in the shuffle losing to sin cara on smackdown so we hadn't seen the daniel bryan yes movement we hadn't seen the pipe bomb cm punk like they said, they had the two best independent wrestlers and they didn't know what to do with them. And they were saying, they told me specifically, they were asking me, well, what, what is it about? What is it about you? Don't mention wrestling. What is it about you that, uh, you know, sticks out? You know, for instance, we have Mark Henry, the world's strongest man. We have Seamus, the first Irish born superstar. We have Brodus Clay, the, the bodyguard, the Snoop Dogg. Without talking about wrestling, what can you talk about? And wrestling's been my whole life. I was a huge wrestling fan. I loved and studied the history of wrestling. I gave every wrestling my whole all. Moved out to New Jersey, went to the Monster Factory, and everything was wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. I didn't take the time to become the karaoke champion or, you know, parlay a, you know, a baseball career into like sort of dabbling into wrestling. So I didn't have what they wanted in marketability. Also, my size at the time being five foot nine was still it was still a big man's game in 2011 if you look at again the people that they were hiring and signing it was it was still a land of giants and when i was there there were i mean a lot of big guys in titus o'neill alex riley i mean these were big guys mason ryan um 
But anyway, uh, I was frustrated, you know, with the answer I got. They said, you know, if you want to be a wrestler in Neurocast, why don't you go to Chikara or something like that? But uh, as for the WWE, we're a broadcast and we do more than just wrestle. Um, so, you know, that was it. And I made up my mind. I was done. I was going to quit. And um, I came back to the Chicagoland area. I was going to find something else to be passionate about. And uh, uh, a friend of mine had talked me into going to an SSW show. Um, and I was like, no, 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 I'm not interested. I'm done with wrestling. And uh, like, oh, i just give it a chance. I went. I talked to Ryan Cross. We clicked. We were, we, had, we were fans of so many of the same things, 80s wrestling, 80s action movies, uh, working out. And we just started talking. And uh, he said, hey, you know, what about becoming a tag team? And I said, ah, you know what? I haven't done that. I've been a singles wrestler my whole career. You know, why not give it a shot? And, you know, here we are almost 10 years later. And we've dominated every company we've gone into. We've dominated. So you've worked GLCW, SSW, POW Entertainment. What are some of the other Chicago area slash Midwestern uh, companies you've worked for over the years? Over the years, um, I've worked for well, CCW, POW, um, Windy City, uh, War Wrestling, AWA Slam, um, I, a lot that I don't think exist anymore, or I couldn't remember the initials. I can tell you who ran them or kind of where they were. Pro Wrestling Blitz. Blitz. Yeah. Blitz was a big one. That was, that was one of my favorites. I saw for. you and Ryan for the first time, actually, I believe it was 2014 Russell Fest five. You guys were in that big battle Royal, um, that night that Melanie Cruz ended up winning. Yes, that's right. We were, we were there, uh, in that battle Royal with Melanie Cruz, Bushwhacker Luke was in that battle Royal. That was our. That was actually our um, our first match with Blitz, and so we uh, we we turned some heads that that night, and uh, we we uh, took over the tag team division and ended up becoming the uh, the bodyguards for Melanie Cruz. Yeah, they they did some great events, and but that one in particular that I mentioned with the with the Battle Royal, that was the one where they drew like three grand in terms of fans, and that was in a very hot. A little um, park district arena in Joliet, and uh, the air conditioning broke. So that was a whole lot of fun for guys like me trying to keep hydrated, and it was it was crazy. It was an electric night. Marche Rocket had a great match. Uh, obviously, Bushwhacker Luke. We, all these uh, celebrities uh, came out. Uh, Booker T, DDP, Kurt Angle. It, it was an amazing, amazing night. Uh, what other memories do you have of that night? Well, like you said, the the uh, the heat. The heat was uh, that was crazy. It made for such a such a fun atmosphere, like you said. It, as, as uncomfortable as the heat was, I mean, again, the action was nonstop. The, the like you said, the Hall of Fame caliber uh, list of talent they had, you know, that was, that you know, to be in such a local area, I mean, that hadn't been presented outside of WWE ever for, for the Chicago fan base. Um, being in that battle royal with uh, Melanie Cruz and Bushwrecker Luke, that was, that was pretty exciting. Um, that's, Got Steiner that night for the first time, and uh, you know there was a couple other. I, I think Brian Christopher was that was the first time I ever met him. Um, so that was that was interesting. And then, uh, like you said, that the heat being out though, I remember that being a big thing. It seemed like that the night just went on forever, but nobody left. The crowd stayed, and I, I mean they were they were into it. One other little feather in your cap, uh, you got to work a singles match about maybe fifteen, sixteen months ago at SSW SNS Super Show against WWE Hall of Famer Tito Santana. What was that experience like for you? 
That was unbelievable. Um, I think I could be wrong, but I believe that was Tito Santana's last match as of as of right now. Um, but uh, it was unbelievable. Uh, I mean, like I said, I I've been a wrestling fan as far back as I can remember. Uh, and and as you know, I'm, when I found out I'd be wrestling Tito Santana, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, it's a chance for me to get my name out there and uh, you know take on Hall of Famer legend. And and as I as I was explaining, you know, to, you know, going around and doing the promotions and uh, explaining, you know, the upcoming match. And as I kept talking about Tito Santana, it started sinking in. Like, I mean, it's just, you know, if we hear WWE legend, WWE hall of famer, but if you really look at Tito Santana, I mean, he was there on the very beginning of that, that Hulk Hogan rock and wrestling and rock and wrestling cartoon. I mean, Tito Santana was in there. And I mean, WrestleMania 1 through WrestleMania 10, basically, Tito Santana, every, you know, every, uh, everybody in that Hall of Fame has nothing but positive things to say about Tito Santana. I mean, it was a big deal being in there with him. And, uh, you know, you have that surreal moment in the beginning, like, wow, here I am. This is what you dreamed of face to face. You know, against, uh, you know, watching from watching on TV to being there in real life, looking at Tito Santana. But then after about a minute or so of wrestling, it's just, you know, it's 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 no longer about being a fan. It's about, you know, wanting to to make your name right then and there. Great stuff, uh, Jeff. Um, real quick question before we let you go. Um, how did the doctor get a fix to your name? <laughs> oh, well, uh, when I first started wrestling, I like I said, I'm from the Chicagoland area. But I actually went out and uh, I started training in the 90s and um, I, I, I wasn't going to independent shows or anything out here. So I didn't know anything really outside the scope of like, uh, you know, the, the WWF, WCW, ECW and all the guys that I you know looked up to. I was trying to find where they went and if there were schools. And a lot of times a lot of the training was before there was a school. You know, Hulk Hogan was trained by Hiro Matsuda. You know, you couldn't go knock on his door and get trained nowadays, you know, for more than one reason. But anyway, I found the Monster Factory in New Jersey with train, you know, head trainer Larry Sharp. And it was a who's who of who trained there, you know, from Chris Candido, Raven, King Kong Bundy, Bam Bam Bigelow, the Godfather. And I was really impressed with the list of names he had. And that's where I went and did a tryout and uh, was accepted. And I trained out there in the beginning of my career. So I knew the East Coast before I knew my hometown and anything that was going on here. Um, when I would come back to Chicago, I was never, I, I, again, I had the aspirations of being in WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW. I wanted to make it big. And I knew at the time you couldn't just stay in the same place. So I, I would stay here for a little bit and then I'd bounce around. I'd go up to Michigan. I'd go up to Canada. Um, I was in, you know, I did TNA. I don't know if a lot of people know, but I teamed with Seth Rollins in TNA, uh, you know, in 2006 against LAX. Um, then uh, to get to the doctor, uh, I ended up in 2010, like I said, going to FCW and going to Tampa, Florida. And Steve Kern took me under his wing and brought me in, you know, through the back door, like and introduced me to Dr. Tom Pritchard and said, Dr. Tom, this is Jeff Luxon. Uh, this guy works really hard. This guy, you know, uh, breaks his back, you know, for this, for trying to help FCW behind the scenes. You know, what do you think of him training with you? And Dr. Tom said, that's fine. Dr. Tom, not knowing me, trusted me to take on these contracted wrestlers, you know, who WWE's investing millions in them. They're not investing anything in me. They're investing millions of dollars into these guys through their, their training programs and through, you know, the travel and everything else. So to trust me was, you know, such a compliment. 
and uh, you know, you you want that 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 respect from a peer, and it just you know it made me feel really good. Anyway, um, I took so much from Dr. Tom after my training at FCW that I I eventually added the doctor to my name as a tribute to Dr. Tom Pritchard. So that that's where it comes from. That is so cool. All right, uh, before we let you go, thank you very much for coming on. First of all, uh, promote your social media and what upcoming events you have. Oh, uh, let's see. So on Instagram, I'm Dr. Jeff Luxon, and that's where you'll find my my more wrestling related materials. Um, you know, that's where I'm, I'm always uh, kind of showing what's going on with the good doctor and uh, what shows I got coming up and uh, what's going on with me and Ryan Cross and the Express and the whole. Uh, GLCW world. Um, Facebook, it's, uh, you know, go ahead and friend request me on Facebook. Facebook is more, I, I kind of keep to more of the real family side of Jeff Luxon. So you'll see pictures of the kids. Again, you'll see upcoming events and everything else. Uh, Twitter is kind of where, uh, again, Dr. Jeff Luxon, you'll see, uh, like I said, I'm a very, very big passionate fan of the history of wrestling and there on Twitter. I don't really put any opinions out there. I just retweet and share some of my favorite moments that I come across on Twitter. So it's kind of more of just a, a history page with Dr. Jeff Luxon. Um, upcoming events. There's the, uh, the big GLCW show May 8th, Saturday night at uh, circle B. Uh, we'll be having Buff Bagwell will be there. Um, a few other surprises. I believe somebody from Impact Wrestling will be uh, gracing us with an appearance. And the Express, myself, Ryan Cross, will be defending the GLCW Tag Team title. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today, Jeff. We really appreciate your takes on WrestleMania and about your career. Thanks for having me. All right. You're on your way to CSW, right, this weekend, Mike? Indeed, yes. I'll be out in Franklin Park taking pictures. Um checking out some of the guys, uh, meeting up with some old friends, and hopefully some new ones as well. Maybe bring that mobile recorder that I got you so you can bring audio back to Windy City Slam. Yeah, perhaps I will do that. I'm excited about that. We'll recap all of that on next episode of Windy City Slam, found everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at WindyCitySlam.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Just say-